Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast. This is episode 323, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am joined by my co-host, Charlie Carden. What's happening? The weather has turned in Michigan, uh, but in typical Michigan fashion, today is 60. Tuesday, a couple days from now, it's going to be 80. And a couple days after that, 55 and raining. So uh, nothing changes in Michigan but the seasons, but we don't have seasons. So welcome to the Thunderdome. Oh, yeah. No, this is the season of our discontent, apparently. Oh, well. I would say so. Uh, I would say so. Yes. Uh, very exciting week ahead of us. Um, we've got a very special guest, though, joining the Secret Friends this week. It is Mr. Avery Krause, podcast host and creative content manager for GamingSource.net. Avery, how are you doing? I am doing phenomenally. It's so good. It's so good to finally be invited to sit among the secret friends. Yes, we 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 uh, we pulled a chair up to the uh, an extra bar stool up to the island in the kitchen of the uh, SS Secret Friends. So the galley, the galley of the secret friendship. Yeah, the the the, ex, the exciting part is though, um, I think what we're gonna get done in our tea public store is we're gonna get those hot pants where you can have something on the back of the butt, and I think oh. we're gonna have that. S-F-U-F, Secret Friends Unite Forever. And and that goes to all our guests. You think that's a great gift, Avery? You know, I, I will already be using that as my new OnlyFans cover. I can tell you. <laughs> I don't even know how, Todd, and, and if you can convince them to start making hot pants, the next step is I want them to start making baseball caps because I really do want one of those. That is kind so, of a, a circuitous, circuitous route to get to baseball hats, though. Hot pants? I think so. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like first offer, and then you lo- you're low balling them with that first offer, bring it back with the second. So yeah. go, it sounds like a Jack Donaghy style of negotiation, don't you think? Uh, well, I think if they're looking for models, Charlie, we're free and we're cheap, and uh, you know what, they they don't have to invest. We'll just we'll just be their model for all the hot pants. Right, hot pants, hot pants model. Let me put that on my CV uh, as I continue to look for a new job. So I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. So, Avery, when we have a secret friend that's new to the podcast who joins us, we always ask for your geek origin. So how did you become the geek you are today? Well, uh, when I was young, I was touring a lab and I was bitten by a geek and uh, a radioactive geek, to be precise. And then, no, uh, so I have I have been the one nerdy member of my extended family uh, since I was a wee little lad. Uh, I, you know, obviously grew up playing video games. I grew up, uh, you know, pretending to be a wizard fighting with monsters on on the playground with all my friends. Uh, Magic the Gathering. Uh, I, I was into wrestling for a small bit of time, a WWF, not even WWE, but WWF nerd back in the day. Uh, but I've always had a bent, particularly toward fantasy, a little bit of sci-fi here and there, but particularly toward fantasy. Uh, one of the first novel series I ever got into was the Zant series. By oh, my God, a- Avery, are we best friends? That was my <laughs> series, too. Oh, my. I, and I'll tell you. Here's how I was introduced to it. The the first, or actually, I believe it was book number 16 in the series, Demons Don't Dream, was included for free in paperback form if you purchase the Xanth CD-ROM game called, oh, yeah. I believe it was Children of Xanth. 
Uh, and of course I bought the game and then I read the book and then immediately just had to get every other single one, uh, not knowing at 11 you know, years old that Piers Anthony is not the most family-friendly individual in the world. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> I digress. That's a sexy double entendres. Lots and lots and lots. The ellipsis uh, hiding all the good parts, of course. Uh, and of course, you know, continuing my love of, of, of all things... Uh, uh, RPG, fantasy, nerddom. I got into Star Trek for a bit. Certainly not as Woo! as much as uh, uh, others uh, in, in our presence, uh, but big fan. TNG uh, being oh, my yeah. particular favorite, Very and uh, yeah, and you know, uh, just kind of continuing on from there uh, to the degree that uh, I became a Google holic, uh, being involved in every last bit of Google beta technology they had. I was one of the eleven people in the city of Chattanooga that got a CR forty eight Chromebook beta program test. Oh boy! Uh, so it goes, it goes back, it goes back a while. Um, you know, all the way up through today when I'm the, the host of a, a podcast that specifically talks about cloud game streaming, uh, amongst other things that we do on our channel. So, yeah, the, the nerd runs deep. Excellent. Well, you know, the good thing is when you start a book series at number 16, it's kind of like jumping in like a lot of kids do with like Spider-Man comics at like issue 300. So it's kind of nice that you can just jump into things sometimes and still enjoy it for seven. If you like, you have to start right. from the beginning. So it's, it's kind of nice that we're at a, at a day where you don't have to. And also there's Wikipedia. So there you go. Well, excellent Avery. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for your journey with us on this nerd explosion this week. And one of the things we do that, uh, to basically make ourselves even nerdier, we look at old comic book covers that are the same <laughs> as our issue episode number. So, so this one is a weird one. Episode, uh, issue 323, Wonder Woman. It states, for one night only, Etta Candy is the princess of power. Poor Etta. And basically, she's a redheaded Wonder Woman holding up a guy that's also a redhead and being chased by an interesting looking cheetah wearing high heels. Right. Uh, the guy with the protractor, I think. Yeah, protractor uh, guy. Uh, 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 you got uh, basically Can Can Chick and, uh, then a, and then a midget. You know who that is, Charlie? Who is it? That is the evil uh, short genius from the Harley Quinn uh, uh, TV series. Oh, I thought he was he was like purple, like a gremlin or something. No, 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 no. He's very short, and he's just got superpowers. He's got okay. – uh, I forgot what his name is, but yeah, he's, he uses mind power. So. Uh, and then Wonder Woman just and looking at gas. The gentleman with the protractor, you'll never guess what his name is. is Angle Man. Angle Man. Ooh. Angle Man. I am uh, I, I'm without words. <laughs> and he is a Wonder Woman villain uh, who uses an evil protractor. Wow. Uh, I always thought protractors were evil, but that was more my fear of geometry. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how they could be anything but. So I am uh, I am uh, I, I am on. Uh, I, 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 I'm totally lost. Charlie's befuddled. Uh, but I tell you, this came out in February 85, and I like the motto at the bottom. Uh, it says, the new DC, there's no stopping us now. Ain't no stopping us now. Here comes crisis. And, exactly. And getting a that kind of, yeah, it kind of killed some of these stories. Oh, well. Yeah, this, the heroes were shortly after this, when Crisis took over, kind of rebooted. So this yeah, kind of really right. was the end of that silly era of DC. So It, it um, was a serious bait and switch. There's no yes. doubt. But we are still in our uh, silly era of the Secret right. Friends. So join us, friends, for this journey of nerddom. As Charlie, it's now time for us to check in with our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. 
Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, I, I guess, Charlie, we kind of forgot the obvious model for the pants, and that is Madam Webb's younger and hotter sister, Madam Spider. Well, I... <laughs> Younger, maybe, but I still think she put her. She was the she was the one who invented it back in may, maybe sixty one. You know, just t- turn it turning the heads there at the sock hop. I mean, it, it was it was history in the making. It, it was it was astonishing. My goodness. Well, uh, sorry, Madam Webb. Once again, you lost out to your sister. Um, but you know what? There's always another chance for you to come up with a cool trend uh, from back in the day. But with that, Madam Webb, thank you for the news stories this week. And we start off with uh, something that's been bandied about. Hadn't been confirmed. Is it true or it's not? It seems like these days it's really hard to pin it down if even though finally someone announces it. And that is, yes, Michael Keaton is really playing Batman in the Flash movie. And this movie is finally being started. They had like a, whoever was uh, the, the director who was filming it put, finally put out like a teaser piece. And it's happening. And this is one of the bigger ones we've been waiting for because uh, obviously Batman 89, uh, Michael Keaton did two movies with Tim Burton, uh, really kickstarted the modern superhero. I mean, outside of Superman uh, 78, uh, you know, Batman really took the world by storm, really kicked off the blockbuster and really was kind of the 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 model for modern comic book movies. Um, and then from that, uh, he just went away. He was replaced in the next movie by uh, Val Kilmer. Um, and so it was kind of a weird miss that uh, they completely rebooted that franchise, you know, and then we uh, essentially to get him. But people love him, uh, loved him. I mean, even though he was Mr. Mom and people were kind of like, oh, he will be with <laughs> He people just loved him. And this this era has really not been revisited, although we are getting a 1989 Batman 89 comic finally, which is cool. But it's very cool that um, we're going to get him in this new Batman or Flash film. And it's all about time travel and with based on a series called Flashpoint, which is going to be released on November 4th, 2022. And crazy it's been almost 30 years since he's been the batman so avery uh what do you think about this story uh you know i i look at this as almost a natural continuation of the 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 popularity of dc's crossover mania in recent days um has has caught up to the movie side um, with, you know, obviously all of the stuff that happened in Arrowverse and the legends of tomorrow and all of the crossing over that happened um, in their own version of crisis um, that, that occurred in the past couple, two, three years. Now they're like, well, Hey, that was super popular and it boosted our ratings numbers. And we brought back all these people that have had contracts with us in the past. Why don't we just go ahead and bring that to the big screen too? So I think it's a logical extension of it. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last, um, crossover that we hear about. I also wouldn't be surprised if there are others that are in there that we don't hear about like surprise cameos that kind of pop out of nowhere, um, you know, across whether it's across the Batman, you know, oeuvre, it's suddenly Arnold Schwarzenegger just pops up and fires off an ice (laughs) ray or something. Oh, no. Completely could happen, uh, but I wouldn't doubt if that's where they're leaning into this, they're not going to stop at one or two. It's going to be cameo after cameo after cameo after cameo, because Mm -hmm. if you just had one, then the story's really just about the one guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, we did have, you know, the Flash, to your point, Arrowverse, things like that. We did have the Flash 
Esther Miller crossover with the CW show, which was really, really cool. So, yeah, I think we could see more of these and not just the CW. We could see different eras and things like that. That could be really cool. Kind of like the the um, the uh, in Crisis on Infinite Earths we saw in that when we had like Robert Wool from Batman 89 kind of show up in that, too. So, Charlie, uh, the, the one thing that came up about this, which is kind of interesting because we have, you know, if we think about it, then. Should this really be Ben Affleck instead, but a different Ben Affleck? Then someone said, could it be Thomas? Could he be playing Thomas Wayne? Well, that's Negan, right, from the other movie. So um, does it bother you that we would get a different Batman? I think it's perfectly fine to have a different person, not the same actor, play uh, a different Batman from a different time. So what's your take on that? You know, I mean, this is is the thing that that really kind of, I hate to say, grinds my gears about people when you're talking about uh, an iconic character that's approaching a hundred years in age uh, it's character it's not it's not you know like it's not like a single actor that's it's not like harrison ford plays han solo in because even that changed or harrison ford played indiana jones and we talked about that a lot last week batman has been played by 10 different at least 10 different actors uh live action uh, very famously uh, voiced on uh, on Batman the Animated Series by Kevin Conroy. Uh, there are he is a character, and, the, and just like with the Joker, and oh, who's better, Heath Ledger? Who's better, you know, Jack Nicholson? It's a character that is open to interpretations. I mean, characters are open to interpretations of great literary works, Shakespeare, what have you, going back centuries. All of it is an interpretation. All of it has its own its own pluses and minuses. So, I mean, if something is accurately representative of what a character is to be established as, I'm interested in seeing new takes all the time. That does not bother me whatsoever. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, and again, I appreciated this one, Justice League. Uh, you know, Zach, people call it the Snyder Cut, but it's really simply uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that is what that is what I will call it. I will be very prim and proper. I loved how that film, even at four hours in length, really reinforced how I think Affleck really killed it as Bruce Wayne. Really killed it as Bruce Wayne. Uh, but was he really the best Batman? Perhaps not. You know, a lot of people will turn around and then say. Uh, that um, oh my God, what's his butt? The Nolan Keaton? one. Oh, no. uh, Chris, yeah. Kristen Barrow. Yeah. Thank you. See, we were all struggling for it, so now I don't feel so bad. Charlie, um, you don't know my name. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Um, so I, you know, I'm open to any interpretations. Keaton was the Batman of the youth of, of certainly Todd and myself because we're you know we're about the same age. We were you know in our formative teenage years when we saw that '89 Batman. So. That would be very special to me, but again, I feel like I have a connection to any actor that has played Batman. I, I, I spoke out last week about how enthusiastic I am about uh, seeing what Pattinson's interpretation of the character looks like, knowing that he's an accomplished actor, knowing that he's done great work, ignoring the sparkly vampire shit, because again, that it, to me it's a very, to quote Elisa Simpson, it's a very specious reasoning to assume that he can't be Batman because he was once a sparkly vampire. You know, Fletcher saying in uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Ten things I hate about you. So. You know what? That was a great film. So shut the hell exactly. up. Exactly. You know. So yeah. yeah so as long I, as he doesn't come up and you know the the femme fatale of the movie saying, you know, who are you? Say it. I can't say it. Just say it. I'm Batman. That you know. 
Yeah, so, I, I don't. I, Charlie, I, though, I, I think I, the Batman of our youth was really Adam West and the fact that, you know, we were all mad that Adam West wasn't asked to be the new Batman in Tim Burton's well, movie. Come on. Because, we all felt you know, that way. <laughs> he, had that, he had that same, you know, you remember his, his bit on The Simpsons where he's playing himself at like a Comic-Con and he said, you know, pure West talking about, you know, how come Batman doesn't dance? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we all uh, miss the bat Z. Oh well, I think this is going to be a lot of fun, uh, and this is a lot of ways. I think this movie will be a springboard to resetting a lot of DC in a way with the Flashpoint, which hopefully will mean characters from the past get a new take potentially if it wasn't successful this time like <clears throat> Hal Jordan. Oh well, moving on to the next story, Charlie. This one's kind of interesting. Yes, indeed. So again, talking about uh, you know uh, Spider Man in this case, another a man. Uh, spreading out across Disney is extending its reach, uh, continuing its march towards uh, basically digital entertainment domination uh, by reaching across the aisle, throwing some serious dollars at Sony uh, to acquire the streaming rights for franchises like Jumanji and certainly Spider-Man. So this would be, again, uh, ensuring that your MCU playlist uh, on Disney Plus will include the Spider-Man film, certainly Tom Holland films and those that preceded it. So um, it's interesting to me because, again, I have, you know, people have different approaches about home video. Some people are really voracious collectors of physical media. They have a bunch of discs. They're blah, blah, blah. The other end of the spectrum are people like Todd, that, Todd, you don't buy anything. And the, the discs that you do own are very few and far between. Uh, and, they, you know, there are people like me that that purchase things digital, but you keep it very strict to, for me, it's just it's genre stuff. I got the Star Trek, the Star Wars, and the Marvel, and, and, and some older stuff. You know, so I've owned all these films all the live long while, but for John Q, media consumer, especially for you know younger people who are up you know up and coming and you know even just going into a target or or a best buy in this modern age their section for any types of physical media just continues to shrink um so it, it is just it's really it's a di- it's a dying breed um so this is the kind of thing that if we're looking even in this article says down the road anywhere between 3 and 5 years um Bringing those things under one roof, and again with Disney, we have Disney Plus, we also have Hulu, um, combining those things under that rooftop, and again, as it makes mention of here in this headline, Disney keeps making deals based on Spidey alone, and at least it feels like it. That kind of sounds like a complaint, but it's also a rock-solid approach in a lot of ways, because Spidey is, I mean, in the eyes of kids, uh, you know, who do kids think about when they think about uh, you know, superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Am I right? It's kind of changed. My, my, my friend, Sean, his son loves Captain America, loves Iron Man. Those are kind of who he goes to first. He does like Spider-Man and he does like Batman things, but the, yeah, the MCU has really changed his, his mindset. And right. those movies have been great. And the Spider-Man is finally great, uh, which we get now. Um, it is kind of interesting though, Charlie, cause and, and Avery, I'm not sure if you've heard before, but Netflix is actually going to get the stuff first. So it's interesting. There was a deal. Somebody has a deal with Netflix where they'll get the stuff first. Then it'll finally transition later to Disney Plus and the other Disney networks, which is how they're going to get like some of the more mature stuff. So potentially we'll see like Morbius go to and Venom 2 go to like Hulu or something like that. So it's kind of an interesting way things are going. And, and you mentioned about discs. WB just actually announced that uh, they're slowly getting out of the disc based uh, business. Wow. They're, gonna, they're wow. moving their disc production to a second party and all of their video on demand stuff like the DC movies will no longer be on disc. 
So wow. it's changing. It's, it's changing. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're in a we're in a at, at this point, who doesn't I, I, I saw I was uh, did a deep dive on this a, a few weeks ago. and it's, it's something to the effect of 78 percent of households have at least one streaming service um, and most of them have two. Uh, I mean, in, the, in in our house alone, we have access to, and uh, I, I will totally say we're totally paying for all of these and not sharing anybody else's passwords, <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, yep. HBO Max, and yep. Peacock. So we have, I, I don't know what we're missing in that set, but it ain't much. Right. No, I hear you. And again, it becomes that, you know, and Todd and I have talked about this, it becomes the roulette. Hey, I want to watch Ted Lasso on, on Apple Plus or Apple. Jesus, is oh, it called Apple Plus? that one, Plus? too. I got that one, too, because I bought that. Yeah, iPad, exactly. So. But again, you know, you do that, and you watch that show, and uh, you, you have a three-month trial, or you have a month trial, and then it comes to the end of it, and you look around, and there's nothing else floats your boat, you don't renew, and you move on to the next thing, you know? So it's, you know, it's something that we discussed on the show last week is that Netflix, because again, I said to Todd, I said, how are these guys making money? They're making these multi-million dollar movies. They have all these big budgets. And what we really concluded uh, in the final analysis of that is that they're really looking to build a library that will continue to keep people engaged. Like, what's coming next? What they have this thing. They, you know, as, as we lock into a future model of people enjoying things more home entertainment what do these streaming services have that's really going to keep you around and this is you know a very obvious piece of it for people who are not purchasers of home entertainment they're like oh i have all these streaming services why would i want to buy xyz when i'm already paying for it and can tune into that and a million other things you know what i mean so this is a smart move it makes me you know really think about the fact that your real duel to the death when it comes to competing streaming services will be Disney Plus and Netflix. They're the, the those are the that is the Batman versus Superman of this uh, of this world, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and the reason these deals are actually being made is it's not because Sony wants to do this. It's because they have to do this because Sony doesn't have a streaming service. So they had Crackle, but they got rid of that. That think they sold it off. Um, but Sony is is a huge media conglomerate. They own music and movies and video games and all these things, they even own anime studios as well. Um, and they own anime services as well. So it became a scenario where if they don't have and they do TV deals, I mean, they do have a ton of television production. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting that they don't have a service and they probably saw could, well, can can the can the uh, like you said, Avery, like there's so many out there. Is there room for another one? They, well, they so they're actually uh, I know we don't get into video games around here, but they do have a streaming gaming service called PS Now. And lately uh, it, they have been try trialing in other countries, not the U.S. to my knowledge, a what they what they're calling the PlayStation Video Pass. So it's a it's a service that is bundled in with the PlayStation Now streaming that includes a selection of Sony Pictures Entertainment movies. So they're pushing that line. They're giving it a try to see if, hey, you've already got the game system. You've already got the subscription. Can we hook you in a little bit more with our other content that has been sitting on the library shelf forever and is not making us any money? It's it's potentially coming. Yeah, yeah. And Charlie even had DC. Now, he's he, he is a video game, Lego video game player, and that's how he was playing a lot of the old video games was uh, PS Now. So, yeah, exactly. they, had, yep. they gave that more value and you own a PlayStation. Yeah, it's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So And Sony even tried, like, they did Powers back in the day uh, that they offered right. through one of their services, which I, I it didn't win me over. It was a comic book series I never loved. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where this is going. Uh, but then 
We'll see what else is happening in the world of comic books, and this is very cool. Back in the day, we had the uh, Batman the Animated Series. We had the um, uh, we had the Superman Animated Series, and they both spawned comic books based based on those series that continued the stories or did stories that were not part of. They didn't just adapt the actual episodes. They took those characters and played with that world, and it was actually the creators that still basically wrote the books and then got other people to draw them. So it was very cool. It felt like it was like more stories. Um, and they brought, they just recently brought back the Batman animated series uh, comic book and they're just calling it the adventure continues, which is kind of cool because I think it's a cool era, cool uh, style. And we never got one with the justice league and that's actually happening. Justice league unlimited is getting a comic book series featuring that take of those heroes um, in a modern context. Now I looked at the artwork it does not look like the series, though. It looks more like a modern comic. So I don't know if that's just because of the cover or they will ape the art, which you kind of see in the article. You know, it has that that angular style. Uh, it's more lighter than Batman the Animated Series, uh, but it was really fun. And that really brought, I would say, John Stewart and Hawkgirl kind of to the forefront and, and really made people. And I love that version of Justice League. Just really love it. So I like that this is happening, um, you know, and I don't know if there's any like either of you guys are like. What other series or things would you like to see uh, continue on on the page? Because I think this is a good a good take and a great way to do it. Nothing to me. Nothing is really jumping to mind for me right off the top of the bat. Yeah, you know, I I, I am a fan of the. Co- I'm torn on this. I'll tell you why I'm torn on this. To me, this it almost seems like a cop out to say. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to put the time, energy, and effort into uh, producing this product as a full-fledged whatever it was, but we'll hire some artists and we'll throw it into a comic book. They did the same thing with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, extremely popular series. It ended, and then they continued on for two more, quote, seasons in comic book format, and which I'm to understand were fantastic comics. I've you know, read bits and pieces and, and of course scoured the Wikipedia article on them. So it's so like a catch up on the story. But to me, it's like, if you believe that there is still a market out there for these characters and this world, and they were forged on screen, putting them to the page instead to continue the story seems like a cop out. If it was just, hey, we're going to do some some comic books in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're going to do some comic books in the world of, of Justice League uh, Unlimited, in the world of you know Batman the Animated Series or whatever else, that's fine. But when it's season 17 of this is going to be a comic book instead of being a cartoon or instead of being a TV series or whatever else, that's when I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know how much I like that. Yeah, it's an interesting take. Like uh, Farscape did that with some spinoff books. Um, because they obviously they lost their funding and they couldn't get the ability to make that big type of show. Um, but Batman Beyond did the same thing. They basically took that. I mean, when that show ended and everything, just recently they did a Batman Beyond comic book, but not that style, but a more of a modern take. So it's it's been done a few times. Um, but I think it is giving at least fans something versus nothing, and and I appreciate that. The Buffy series, I own a couple of those omnibuses. I really enjoyed it. And now that series ended. And now they've gone over to another publisher. And it's a completely different take. It was almost like rebooting and ignoring that stuff. So eh, sometimes they get sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. I, I'm to understand the, the they did the same thing with Labyrinth, uh, where they followed the story of oh, Tony yeah. 
uh, as he went back into the labyrinth. Um, and that that was it, it almost a uh, uh, graphic novel style as opposed to comic book style. And that it was, again, widely well received. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have a movie or flip and sell the rights to Netflix and let's do a Dark Crystal. You know, let's do a series out of it because that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agreed. How hardly. Yes, yeah, oh, cool. so we and we've talked about that before with other things that people would like to see their their, their storylines continue. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. We even got that what that weird Charlie. We got that um, Snake Plissken versus um, uh, Jack Burton crossover. That was kind of oh, weird. Oh jeez, I yeah. did we end up reading that one? But it I does have sound it, and I have it, or it might be on Comicsology. So we should probably check that out one of these days. That that would be that would be worthwhile. Well, speaking of things worthy uh, to check out, uh, moving on down the line, Marvel is uh, a ho- kind of kind of hosting uh, their next. Uh, I should say, kind of hatching a plan uh, for their next, you know, mythological spin you know we've had the asgardians that's kind of had its day uh we've, we've had the inhumans that, that that did not have its day yikes uh you know we have the eternals up and coming and now uh talking about thor uh love and thunder which is i don't have to check the date for this i'm this is a 2022 film mm-hmm. i'm guessing May, May um 6th at current lord knows it'll be pushed back Right, yes, that that is terrible. But yeah, uh, recently in a uh, in Australian uh, Australian show, the Joy of Breakfast with the Murphys radio show in Australia, uh, native Russell Crowe said that he has landed a mystery role, uh, and uh, yes, it has been revealed as being Greek god Zeus of the Olympians. Now, the you know. Much like common domain, uh, you know, mythological races, I think we we posted the story uh, on the Secret Friends group earlier this week, and someone said, "Oh well, I, how can Marvel have Zeus too?" I'm like, they've always had one. It's you know, it's common Absolutely. domain, so that you know, there's a Thor in DC Comics somewhere, and but the one that people know is the one for Marvel because you know he had his own title and he's had films and stuff. So, well, there was a um, Captain Marvel in. Oh wait, never mind. We don't talk about that. Yeah, no, exactly. Absolutely yeah. not. It's it's it, it is forbidden. They already they don't even call him that anymore. Shazam, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, if you can't beat them, join them. But uh, no, the Olympians uh, in Marvel uh, Comics parlance have certainly been around as long as the Asgardians have. So you know, from comic publications from the 1960s, um, and the most uh, I would say famous of which of the Olympian characters is Hercules, uh, who is a long-running uh, member of the Avengers uh, in the 70s, in the 80s, uh, you know, and through the through the through the famous leather jacket era of the Avengers into the 90s, where he shaved his beard, which was kind of a big thumbs down, um, and just you know, so that that's big. And he was always really a foil to Thor. Uh, so I would love to see that being like, you know, just like we're kind of saw at the end of Endgame where Thor himself was going to be a, a thorn in the side of Peter Quill. Uh, Hercules coming along to be a thorn in the side uh, of Thor, I think, would be magnificent. So this is great. You know, Russell Crowe himself is a mixed bag as a person uh, because he's really had some uh, some very public spats and and uh you know in the public telephone at somebody i can't yeah yeah he yeah he beamed somebody in a restaurant or one of his assistants he's just maybe you know the aussie like his native aussies might say that he's kind of a bad bloke um but regardless uh i think that uh this could be really cool to kind of you know tee up the olympians as something that could you know we could get a you know a war of olympus or something like maybe these olympians sometime at some point find themselves in contrast with the eternals uh and whatever remains of asgard so i love it now todd you know thor 
and and that whole methodology that is your that is your bailiwick. Uh, that is your yeah. heavy background. So, yeah. So where do you stand with with Russell Crowe and the Olympians and all that stuff? I think it's kind of interesting because it, and I don't want to go into the um, video game territory, but God of War is one of my favorite series. And that started off as basically uh, you had the uh, like, the, you know, the, the, the standard God Zeus and things like that. But then the series rebooted, and then they end up exploring the, the the Norse gods. So I like that the fact that you know essentially the Asgardians are all but you know living on a like a little port in New Asgard or whatever that place is. Uh, right. Uh, basically, it's like a little uh, fishing town, probably outside of Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 uh, Atlanta. Yeah. So essentially, though, then you're like, well, maybe there's other gods that are inspired by, you know, otherworldly things as well. Not necessarily like, you know, beings above us, but beings that live in, you know, the the Guardians of the Galaxy type of, you know, space gods and things like that, which then opens up the door for Egyptian gods, Moon Knight, Khonshu, things like that. Opens up, you know, other beings of mythology and things like that, which I think would be really cool and adds once again more areas where they can dip in for more, you know, threats and characters to go after. I, I like it. I like this a lot. And Russell Crowe, um, he has taken any paycheck these days. He made that one weird movie where he plays a guy who got pissed off because somebody almost swerved into him. And then he basically, I had a really bad day, you know, and then he <laughs> tries to kill him. Yeah, it's, it was like one of those direct videos. So I like him, though, but I think he's a good actor. And I think he's finally not taking himself so seriously. You know well, what? There, open... there's, no, there's no better way in life to not take yourself so seriously. Things are a lot more taking, fun that way. Taking a hundred million dollar paycheck every time you do it. That's exactly. very that's very unserious of him. That's very yeah. unserious of him. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I look at all of these as it, 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 there there are all those posters out there of like you know the Marvel uh, character universe and there's the it's the Venn diagrams where this is the circle that contains the X Men and the circle that contains the Avengers and the, and so and so every time they're like. Oh, and now we're going to sneak in the Olympians. Cool. Well, that just opened up an entire sub, uh, an entire world of characters that we haven't had before. Now we're going to throw in the Eternals. Great. There's an entire wing of the of the comics that we have not touched yet. And 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 it started with Guardians of the Galaxy opening up that wing of of the characters and then expanding into the space type characters. I think we're going to see the same thing happen with with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, because that opens that thousand times over. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that kind of opens the door. That yeah, that movie is what that's a 2022 movie. And that opens the door for everything else. And we would have never had. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of the the volume one is probably one of my favorite superhero movies of all time because it's just a perfect movie, just a perfect seventies pulpy, you know, space high. It, it's 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 perfect, and it it proved to Marvel that they could do that, that they could take a chance. We would not have. I don't think we'd have Ant-Man. I don't think we'd have uh, certainly Doctor Strange uh, in the multiverse side. I don't think we'd have the Eternals if Guardians of the Galaxy didn't prove that they could get off of Earth and it would be just fine and it would and be very weird. low and get weird. You're right. And yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and be and, and again, not taking themselves so seriously. Bingo. I, I agree. Yeah, I think this is going to be very, very cool. Um, yeah, next story. Um, it's it's kind of fun. Uh, well, basically, Charlie, um, we're getting into 
the next stage, I don't know. I, are we going to do like phases of like Disney or Marvel TV? Because uh, I hope we don't. Because I thought was, I always thought that the, the phases were so stupidly silly. Um, sure, but true. we are getting to the next, you know, set that we really don't know much about yet. We saw like a teaser of like it's called Secret Invasion. It's going to be Samuel Jackson and and that era. Um, and now we're getting this is going to be starting to get filled out, uh, hinted upon by the end of WandaVision with Photon, and now we're getting some more actors being cast for the series. We've got Amelia Clark, uh, Daenerys, and also of the infamous last Terminator film. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's not so great. Uh, she's going to be in this, along with Olivia Coleman, who, Charlie, I, I got to tell you, I just saw episode one of Fleabag, and she's great in this, and that what? series is weird. I'm telling you, it's funny because you and I just talked about that last week, and yeah. you'll be done with it in a minute because it's six episodes, but yeah, it's no, like it's 22 minutes long. It's yeah. super weird. And the the guy, the husband of that is he was on that show that you love that another period, wasn't he? One of the he was a husband or a brother. Oh, no, he, yes. was the, oh, he was one the of the guys. He was the head. Ser- too. Yeah, he was the one. Uh, he was like the head servant guy. So yeah. yeah oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it's great, so, great show. Wacky stuff. But anyway. But um, anyway, yeah. So Amelia uh, Clark, uh, Olivia Coleman joined Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, along with Kingsley Benadir, uh, also in this. And there's a lot of speculation on who they will play. Uh, obviously, Sword is a group. Basically, it's Space Shield. Uh, Space uh, Abigail Shield. Brand is the commander of that, who we have not been introduced yet. That could be somebody. I believe she's half alien. Um, and then, uh, you know, potentially maybe Jessica Drew could be involved because she ended up becoming becoming the scroll queen right charlie like she was she was the first one that was revealed as a scroll and then was actually the scroll queen right yeah I, you know it's been a while since i read that series but i mean it's it's going to be a, a, of an occasion to revisit it with all this going on so yeah i'm totally totally with you this is great i'm assuming in production now certainly anything that we're going to end up seeing next year but oh, yeah bro no production date has start has been oh so we so could be looking off. at something yeah. far beyond but I mean, bringing in the big names, I mean, bringing in a heavy hitter on the genre-wise of Amelia Clark only ensures eyes on target, which is, again, as we talked about, that's what these streaming services are really looking to accomplish because they've got to uh, really focus on developing this library that is always going to keep people not thinking about, well, you know, Disney Plus is dumb and maybe I should cancel it or to just forget that they're subscribed anyway and they just turn it on like they might do a TV station back in the old days. Or you have three years of subscri- subscription like I do. Right. You do. Yeah. Yes, so, exactly. uh, or you're, you have Verizon and you get it for free. So Avery, uh, secret invasion, is that something you're aware of what, what, what it's based on or, or uh, any background with that storyline? Bits and pieces. I I'm pretty sure I looped into the Wikipedia article whenever they, uh, whenever they announced it, the, the scrolls popping up in, uh, Captain Marvel of course was like a, Oh, okay. That's a thing that's happening now. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's certainly on my radar. I, I will, I will, I will, I will reveal a, a, the glaring omission in my nerd. Sir. I don't read comic books. I'm a big fan of comic book movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movies, 
but I've never actually picked up and read cover to cover a single comic book. Charlie, I, I, I think I know why. I think Avery never figured out which way to read the, 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 the thought bubbles and which way the pages go. You know, right. if I'm I could trying, just trying to read it upside out. down, backwards to front. I thought it was manga. He's reading it backwards and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah try, try he said cover to cover, so perhaps you started it and your frustration led you to I, I, abandon it by I, page two or three. You know, I put it on my I put it on my piano and I tried to play it and it just the the it the, <laughs> wasn't coming out with good music, so I just I didn't I didn't get it. You know what? I think that that's perfectly fair. I understand. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a toughie. Uh, well, it, it's a great. I would say it's a great story. One of my favorites. Um, and I'm glad they they're finally adapting this. I thought this would have made a great like uh movie series, but this is the great thing about the MCU TV series now. We don't have any uh, a rift anymore because they all play together and it's all going to come together. So these TV series are as important as the movies for plot development. So I like that. So it's going to be fun when we see this comes out maybe in 2022 or 2023. Uh, with that, Charlie, uh, we actually had some uh, comic releases and I did the dirty work and actually called out a couple comic books that are coming out in the July solicits that are interesting. Well, I'm glad we finally got into the section that I'm going to be useful to talk about then. Yeah, you know, Todd, you, you label this one as me, but but jump on in, uh, and you know, if you picked them, jump on in and start talking about them. It's interesting because Amazing Fantasy is a comic book series that's very famous because of Spider-Man, but other than that, we really don't know it well. Looks like Marvel's bringing this back, and they've really had they're having fun with the books. Basically, they're putting our characters, our, our steamed characters, in a very fantasy setting. So Avery, I think you could kick out this. It's like basically, they're one of the covers is uh, basically. A, a very feral looking Captain America with the shield riding a, I guess it would be either not a chimera, but a winged like lion character uh, that's a, a, going to attack a, an orc and a hot, sexy elf. So I like this. And there's another one where it's Captain America, the, the, the modern one you would see, but he's being attacked by these um, these alien like creatures. So I think they're just going to have fun with this. And this is uh, series, basically a series one of five. And it's just going to be a lot of fun taking different approaches to these heroes. And it's kind of like almost like elsewhere, Charlie. I think it's just going to be uh, each each episode is going to issue is going to be a little bit different. So that is amazing fantasy. The next one, though, Charlie, Sinister War. And this is basically yeah. the, your you know, kind of I love Yeah. And I love this. I, you know, I, I have very, uh, very publicly. I talked about how I have bailed on uh, monthly subscriptions, but. Um, <laughs> let's say I'm actually able to get caught up. I would love to just be able to read stuff that has come to me up to including the time I canceled my print subscriptions. But a four-issue uh, miniseries uh, based on uh, The Sinister Six, which goes all the way back to a, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1 in 1964, that was, you know, uh, six of Spidey's uh, enemies banding together to assault him, um, Dr. Octopus being one of them. It says, Ock's got a new sin- uh, Ock, Dr. Octopus, has a new Sinister Six. And if you... Uh, think he's thought big in the past, think again. What he doesn't know is that the Vulture, who is another one of the Sinister Six, has a sextet of his own, the Savage Six. It's an oh, all-out wow. war between the two uh, greatest villains uh, in the Marvel Universe. Well, I don't know that I'd go that far. Uh, but the only person <laughs> they hate more than each other is Spider-Man. So, I mean, this cover really says it all. My God. What a, what a, you know, obviously. It's got Stegron. It's got Stegron. Yeah, Stegron, Cobra, Rhino, Tarantula, you know, Craven, of course. Lots of, yeah. you, you got Sandman and Hydro-Man, Lizard, Electro, and, you know, Ock, and, and, and of course, the Vulture himself. So, yeah. 
uh, and Scorpion, who I love. So that is, I mean, that is really a who's who of 60s, uh, 70s, and even into the 80s. I think the, the youngest character in there would be Hydro Man from the early 80s. So that's a great combo. And again, uh, this is written by Nick Spencer, who is widely regarded, but it's drawn by Todd's favorite artist, Mark Bagley. <laughs> yes, Mr. Brown Bag artist. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I, I might read this if it's just you know a standalone series. I don't have to read all all the other books. It could be a lot of fun. Um, well, Charlie, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I will jump on a comics housey and I will pre-order it right now and make. Well, you why aren't you just waiting for all until it comes to Marvel Ultimate? Because that's not timely, Todd. That's not timely. And every yeah. once in a while, every once in a while, What's you it? have to feed the beast. You have to support it. So I'm going I'm doing it. I'm in. Oh. Charlie's got, Charlie's going to support the comic book uh, industry. I will just subscribe to their services that are more convenient to me. Oh, well. Um, next, we've got Extreme Carnage Alpha Number 1. These titles, Avery, are probably daunting, but um, we've had so many weird, like, Extreme Carnage, Maximum Carnage, Ultimate Carnage. Um, is it time for just um, a little bit of Carnage? or uh, <laughs> Minor Carnage. Minor it, Carnage, it, Medium Carnage. Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Carnage. Yeah. So I don't even know what's happening, Charlie. You're not big into, like, the Carnage or the Venom. No, you know, I I did one Venom uh, miniseries that I couldn't even tell you what it was. I even think it maybe had the same name, like, two and a half, three years ago, and it was this multi-part crossover, and it was a bunch of gobbledygook, and it kind of started my slow roll to just wanting to be totally done with monthly comics and crossovers. This was even before I got burned by uh, the, the, what was it? The war of the realms or the reign yeah. of the realm, whatever the hell that was. I was, I was too burned out by that point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going to be more of that. So I know there's a big fan base for that. I think there's one dude in particular who writes those venom books and, and people are a big fan of it, but you know, if you're into it. Cool. I will probably skip it. But uh, something that I'm curious about X-Men number one, they're getting another number one. We've had multiple number ones lately in X-Men. And I don't know if I'm going to be a big fan of this. I was not a huge fan of uh, – the Krakoa storyline is very interesting, but it's not really snagged me after the first iteration. Um, so I I will probably check out the number one, but uh, my, my love of the X-Men is kind of diminished over time just because there's so much of it. So we'll see if it's, it's interesting or not. But one that is interesting to me is Moon Knight number one because Moon Knight is one of those characters that seems like he's always rebooted because he's either insane, he's a bounty hunter, he's he's it's weird. It's like almost like he's like a multi 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 dimensional character where it's really like it's completely different every time. This one seems like it's going back to more of the roots where he's using the fist of Kanchu and doing some crazy stuff, take fighting crime. It could be interesting. We've read some in the past where it was just like he was he was he insane? Was he sane? And I'm not a big fan of that type of premise and trope, but this could be interesting. Who knows? You know, yeah, that uh, I can't I can't say that I'm one that really keeps up, um, but still a fascinating character. Again, he's been an Avenger. Uh, he most recently uh, in the Avengers title led, uh, you know, led to, to Kanchu taking over the earth and changing it into, you know, new Egypt. And so just a lot of crazy weird stuff with this character without a doubt. So, yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, we're getting a gamma flight, which apparently span uh, spun out of uh, the, 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 the current Hulk series, which I think is interesting. Cause I really didn't think they had a relationship, but it was showing uh, with the cover showed, uh, puck on the ground, you know, diminished uh, and demolished, maybe. So Gamma Flight, what happened to Alpha Flight? Sorry, Mark Carabin. Ouch. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Canada. This one's not for you. This bud is not for you. 
Yeah, and then lastly, Avengers number 46. What really pulled this out to me is basically they're recreating the World War Hulk with World War She-Hulk. I don't really know what that means, but Marvel loves to recreate those classic stories and and bring them back again. So I'm curious. I know she's kind of like um, a savage She-Hulk now, but I don't know much more about what's going on with She-Hulk. She was just Hulk and, and on the Avengers squad. But again, one of the reasons I kind of gave it the monthly books is I had fallen so far behind. Uh, you know, in the, the more, most recent Avengers issues that I was looking at, uh, they were having the Phoenix Force uh, was bouncing between characters, uh, trying, you know, fighting a war for dominance. And it was Cap as Phoenix fighting uh, Doom as Phoenix. And it was just, it, it was kind of a mess to me. So I'm not exactly sure. The Avengers, that being said, have a really great lineup right now and like one of the best ones they've had in years. But but still, I couldn't tell you how this all boils down. So I don't know. You know, well, the, uh, it, it's it, it's different every go of it, and nothing is permanent. Nobody stays dead. Uh, you know, stuff always comes back around. Well, you know what? You'll know in July if you read the books. Well, yes, that is it for the news this week. But now it's time for us to check into our favorite geek establishment for libation, and that's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Well, Avery, uh, we are all ready to talk about this exciting finale, so why don't you take it away? Yes. Before we do. So, spoilers. Yes, very much so. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers are coming for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, We have reached the finale of Marvel's second Inside the MCU limited run Disney Plus series. This one a little shorter than the One Division, which was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. I also very much liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, particularly because I live in Baltimore, and uh, it was not actually Baltimore that they filmed in, uh, but they did a great job skinning the police cars to look like the Baltimore uh, PD mm-hmm. police cars. Uh, but a, a, a phenomenal ending. I I will say uh, on the on the positive side, I thought it was a great I, I thought they encapsulated this story very well. I thought that six episodes, they could have done one more. I think they could have done maybe one more just to give uh, Carly's outro a little more breathing room. Um, instead, it was uh, fight, 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 dead. OK, now Cap's going to give a speech. Uh, and I and I thought that that, you know. That didn't get a lot of breathing room. Her her big master plan of hijacking these people and just moving them off site to, I guess, because they wouldn't just hold the vote next week didn't really land with me. But I don't think that was the point. The point was to put the pieces on the board. They wanted to get uh, they wanted to get Emily um, uh, Van, Z- or, uh, Van Zant Van Zant. They wanted to get uh, uh, Agent Van Camp. Van Camp. Uh, Van Camp. Yes. Thank you. Uh, like the beans. Uh, they wanted to get her on the board as power broker. They wanted to get uh, Sam Wilson on the board as the as Captain America. They wanted to get John Walker on the board as a U.S. agent. They wanted to have the Contessa uh, in there and having a point. And, and it was all about moving the pieces onto the board uh, to set up the next non- uh, special is not the right word. There's a lot coming up in the MCU that is super superpower that is outer space or multidimensional or whatever else. But we did not have the setup for the next 
Captain America movie because the Captain America movies are grounded. They're happening here on Earth. They're spy thrillers or they're mm-hmm. heist or mm-hmm. not heist movies, but you know military thrillers. We didn't have that, so now we have all the pieces we need on the board. We have a villain, you know, a good guy turned villain, and we have a uh, you know we have Cap who is a, just a regular human with a kind of badass Wakanda suit. Um, you know. The pieces are on the board now for more terrestrial uh, super soldiers still, but but a, a, an Earth-bound um, set of Marvel uh, to partner with all of the much more interdimensional, multidimensional space side set of Marvel that's coming up. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I really think, and, and I told Charlie this, I felt like a lot of shows lately have the pacing is is struggled at times mm-hmm. and then you get to the final episode and they've got a lift so much heavy lifting that it feels like it's it's overstuffed and it feels like nothing feels satisfying mm-hmm. in this one i did feel like largely it was satisfying except mm-hmm. for the villain element to your point i kind of felt like yeah, you know, why are we trying to redeem Carly? Carly is a mass murderer, unfortunately, at this point. She's not getting a redemption story, except maybe her cause would. The problem is the Flag Smashers were going to be terrorists, ultimately, rather than, you know, peacemakers. And whereas we saw Sam took that pivot to basically explain their case in a way that ultimately she never was able to because she didn't have a voice. So I like that. I, I like the costume. It was very cool. Um, I did so like completely oh. spot accurate Th- that and the US US agent costume the most comic a- I commented this the most comic accurate costumes I've seen yet in all of the MCU they nailed it they really nailed it it's like uh it's like uh Malibu Spacey Stacy with a hat it's it's uh, the same costume but black <laughs> right well you know and like I said that's and the beauty of me is I've been I have always loved that black costume dating back obviously like I've talked about to the 80s Mark Gruenwald I've wanted to cosplay it uh, I, I've looked at some options haven't really gotten things together now because already the John Walker Captain America costume is already available I know that this US agent one will be available like next week so I'll be able to p- jump on top of that instead. So I'll be able to be John Walker without the underbite and the gross scruffle. Yeah, what's up with that? Come on, come on, come on, Cap. You got to have a shave. You know that's not part right. of you know our normal appearance. But although Falcons, got, you know, got the goatee, so it, it is an interesting mix. And yeah, we we've got some pieces that are kind of out there. The power broker kind of felt like, uh, yeah, we kind of saw that coming around the way. Although some people have said. Is it a long game where she's really not the power broker or she is the power broker, but she set up that so she can eventually do the turn and be the double double agent and, you know, kind of the the quadruple agent. Exactly. Reveal what's going on behind the background. So maybe that's where it's heading. We've got, you know, some have said, well, maybe this is how they form the Thunderbolts with U.S. agent, maybe doing something a little different. And Zemo being the leader citizen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although that would be weird for them because he hates super soldiers. You know, maybe it's right. like, you know, maybe they have to come together because of a reason. And they haven't really leaned in, at least so far in the MCU, they haven't leaned into groupings. You know, there's no. the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's about it. Um, there are other well-established groupings that you could form out of the characters that are currently in the roster. Right. But they haven't done it yet, and they haven't been pushing that way. They might go that way, but I, to a degree, I kind of get that they – it's not really their thing because there's something limiting about you know 
putting a team together. Because once you put the team together, then you expect you're going to have the team movie. And you got to have a couple of those team movies. Because they did it right. with the Avengers. So that means if they come out with the Inhumans, they're going to have to do a series of the. If they come out with the. So I get it. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see. They, they, the, there's the young Avengers, which, which could easily be popping up now with, we've got a, a few of those folks up, uh, yeah, options. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I love, um, and again, there's a lot of talk going on like, oh, they totally butchered, uh, Sharon's character. They made her villain, blah, blah, blah. But again, she's a spy. She could she, be doing well, spy game. And we've already absolutely talked about the fact that Secret Invasion is on its way. What if she is the vanguard of being a Skrull? Absolutely. You know what um, I mean? So, yeah, it's it, they set set up some real obvious ties uh, to doing some different stuff. So I am I, I am fascinated to see where it goes. It was, I, Todd, I'm with you. Uh, absolute satisfaction. This was the Marvel property, uh, television-wise, that I was looking forward to. This was my big thing for 2021, uh, knowing that, that the movie seemed to be this great white buffalo, because uh, we've not seen one since Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, in the summer of 2019. You yes. know, we've really come to rely on WandaVision, which my wife, I enjoyed, but my wife was crazy about. And then this one was for me. This one was absolutely for me. I loved it. I just said to her today, hey, let's sometime this week, let's sit and let's watch all of WandaVision and all of uh, you know, uh, Cap Falcon, the Winter Soldier, back to back, and and get kind of that full movie experience because uh, very enjoyable. They they've really they've really made it work. This was this is th- this was like Todd said. It was uh, it, while the pacing it can never be perfect. We did flatten it out uh, in this final episode with something that you're like satisfied the story, but obviously it left us wanting for more and room for the story to continue. But ultimately, it's good the way it is. Yeah, and it I also think... set up. Oh, sorry. It, you know, it, it also the other thing that it put in play that I don't think has gotten as much attention as it could be is it put Madripoor in play. Yeah, uh, Madripoor right. being very heavily involved with the 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 X series um, as well as several other ones. Uh, that his that is a place we will be back to. We we already know uh, Madripoor is coming back. And I am blanking on it. Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi yes. is what we're calling it now, apparently. We're all pronouncing uh, it wrong. <laughs> for, the la- for, the last, for the last 50 years. Whoops. No, uh, but, you know, the the X-Men, it got its... Madripoor got its start in X-Men and has been uh, very heavily involved throughout there. So that... that provides a logical step-off point for what has to come. We know the X-Men are coming. They have to. They, they, they've they owned the property too long now for something to not be in pre-production. We just don't know what yet. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I think that was... They, they did a couple of things really well, too, just to, to, to finalize this. Um, Isaiah Bradley, I love the fact that they brought him in. I thought he mm-hmm. finally got a, a good ending to his tale, and you could tell the, the the you know Carl Umley and the way he was managed managed that character and his, that take on the character really really well done. It's a character not many people know about, not been really highlighted. So glad to see that. And also Bucky, you know, finally kind of has faced his demons. It's not going to be something right. that's going to be like oh what this is going to do break. He's going to have a series where he just talks to all the people. No, that's probably kind of been resolved and he can move on. And 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 lastly, it sounds like this is one of the series where potentially we will see um 
it go on and maybe more than one season versus some of the others that will not probably get another season. So right. it's going to be interesting how they can use this in, in the TV shows. So, uh, man, can't wait. Loki's next. And then, Oh, I know. And we're oh, getting excited. We're, God, we're, yeah. And we're getting a month's break so we, we yeah. can all kind of catch our, so breath. we can watch the bad batch. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, t- you know, and, and over on Holocon Chronicles, we are kind of dedicating the show to that. So Todd, I'm sure uh, your invitation will be in the, the email uh, I'm sure to, join, to join us for one of those. I think I'm like, <laughs> oh no. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, but Todd, you had, a, you had an adventure. Well, Todd, to, to round this out, don't you want to talk a little bit about, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, you want to talk a little bit about what comes next for Captain yeah, America. So, so we didn't want to give this away. This is once again, spoilers. Now, if you've not watched it, um, we're gonna talk about a, a outcome of this. And that is the fact that, uh, there is going to be a fourth Captain America film in Woo! the world. Um, and it's going to be by the same writer who worked on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Malcolm Spellman. And so this is, once again, it's a new uh, movie that has not been announced. Now it's been announced. And so this one, no clue when it will take place or what will be the, 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 what'll happen with it and who will be in it. But, um, yeah, we're going to have Captain America continue in a cinematic way. And, you know, quite honestly, at this, at this point, Falcon has had more screen time than Chris Evans has. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this, yeah, the fascinating. And he, the, he's really developed into a greatly fleshed out character. This, this series really got that done. So I'm, I'm fired up. So yes, Todd, as you teased to mention, I did have quite an adventure this week. I mean, I, I talked uh, quite extensively uh, w- over the last few episodes about how I have, uh, and really over the last several months about how I've kind of abandoned print comics. I've abandoned monthly subscriptions and how I've had, you know, eight comic boxes, which I know some people, oh, eight comic boxes, I have a thousand, yeah. you know, take it, taking up space in my house. And I'm like, I want to get rid of these. I, I went down, I've had it, I have a great action figure collection, um, but I have several put away in tubs. And I said, you know what, instead of keeping these put away in tubs, why don't we just get rid of them? Why don't I get rid of this and harness those funds to further hobbies that I'm currently enjoying, which is my cosplay and to further other things that I want to do with my collecting, whether it's the Eagle Moss or it's the Marvel Legends Black Series or the new uh, McFarland DC figures. Uh, so down in Jackson, Michigan, which is about an hour and a half from here, um, they they have this is a company that has a really well run toy show in a great locality. Um, it was ended up being really well attended. Uh, I, I actually went down and crashed with a friend for the weekend. She came out and helped me uh, run the booth. We're cosplayers, so she uh, was my friend Miranda, my other other best friend, as I refer to her as. So, Todd, you're, you're number two, because April, my wife, is obviously number one. I'm sure you understand. Um, but she, uh, <laughs> we're, we're cosplayers. She does uh, the Baroness and just beautifully. And wh- how, what better to go to a toy show dressed as the Baroness? So she was my she was my draw to the booth. But we did incredibly well. Sold a few of those figures. But I have to tell you, I will never cease to be amazed. Uh, because, Todd, you and I used to be these guys. People who approach a booth. And, again, I had... Uh, two short boxes and two long boxes up on this table for people to look through. How you have people swoop in and start going through these bins, pulling things out, pulling things out. And I was doing $2 comics or two for 10. And obviously those were two for 10 bucks. So, or 10 for 10 bucks. And that obviously stacked. I had a dude drop $150 wow. on me buying comics. I was <laughs> stunned. At the end of the day, that comic sales plus the action figures, I cleared, uh, with my expenses over 400 bucks. I nice. was I was stunned. 
I was stunned. So I actually, uh, you know, I, I did exactly what I planned to. I turned around, I reinvested that in some of my other hobbies. Um, and I'm now motivated to, there's a monthly toy show here in Grand Rapids. Uh, these Jackson folks have another show uh, down at that venue next month. I think that might be a little too soon for me because I'm uh, going uh, out of state to visit some family. So that's going to take up some time. Um, but uh, certainly as I get a little more into the year and we start working more monthly shows, I'm planning to look really tightly at the comics I kept because my only criteria for keeping those comics is what does not what is not accessible to me in any other way than print. The old Marvel Indiana Jones series that I grew up reading doesn't exist anywhere. It's not not in digital, not in trade paperback form. So those got to keep. But all the, all the Spider-Man stuff that I've still got, that that I'm going to be going over with the fine-tooth comb by comparing it to Marvel Unlimited. And if I can read it there, Todd, you and I both know there's no reason to keep it. Yeah, you're a reader. You're, you're not really. I'm. I'm not a comic book collector either. So it's right, really. Exactly. I read it for the stories. I don't collect it for the value or or to put them in a box and never look at them. So I'm in the same boat. I I called mine quite a long time ago and probably time to call it again because once again years go by and I haven't looked at it. So if well, it, if, it, yeah. if someone came in the night and stole them away, I probably wouldn't even know until I looked to say. Right. Oh, exactly. You know, okay. and the same thing with the figures. I you know I go down and I look at the shelf and I said. You know what? I, I, with the Marvel Legends, I, I've been pretty strict about keeping it to just the comic book figure versions of it. But then I look and I see the few MCU figures I have, and I'm like, you know what? Like I have some villainous characters. I have some other ones that are hero characters. And I'm like, I really don't want these. So they're going to go in a bag. I'm going to look at uh, values on eBay, and I'm going to start with a fresh crop uh, when I get to the next figure show. So, and again, raising money to not only further other hobbies, hobbies, but just to you know to pay the bills as it were. So, um, yeah, I kind of got a taste for it. I'm hungry for it, and I want to do more of it. So, um, again. You know, I enjoy taking a, a hard look at my collection, figuring it's the feng shui of, of figure collecting. What brings you joy and what is just there? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I do. I'm not, I'm not, not addicted joy. to it. What? It say that word? Joy. You, you, you thank it for its service and you let it go. As, I will. As, I'll as let, uh, Marie Kondo would tell you. I will let it go to the sales floor and let somebody else. Until Luke gets a new jacket. Until, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do have three very distinct shelves. I have uh, every Star Wars Black Series Luke Skywalker figure. I have every Marvel Legends Spider-Man figure. And I have every Marvel Legends Captain America figure. Those three, that that's my holy trilogy. The rest could rise and fall, but those three will always be resolute. Yes, yes, very good, very good. Well, um, uh very quickly, I did want to say, Charlie, I think you saw it, but my mom got me a Diamond Select statue of Thor. So that's nice. now displayed in my little Thor shrine. And awesome. the Thor action figure, I haven't think he's – he's not a select. I'm not sure what he is. He's a Marvel with a thing. He's a big guy. Um, he's going to go. I, I'm going to swap out and, 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 and do some more higher-end statues, uh, and I, I think that's where I'm going to head rather than action figures. But, um, but, the, but the, real, the real main focus of what I'm geeking out about this week is a new series – on Netflix called Shadow and Bone. Um, and they obviously dropped all of the episodes. This is based on a uh, book series. Uh, it's dubbed the Grishaverse, but it's essentially a very interesting concept of this takes place and it looks like it's almost like turn of the century Russia, where the uniforms are wearing kind of like those weird, you know, 
those hats that are kind of furry and everything with like the the the, the sickle and you know uh, cross uh, for like the, the the army. But it's basically set in kind of that era, but it mixes a lot of fantasy elements. Um, basically, this world is divided by this darkness called the fold, and it's separating basically a world that has a little more fantasy, a little magic. These 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 special these people with special abilities called the Grisha, where they can do magic abilities and they have armies and things like that, but they don't have a lot of uh, basically don't have the ability to have crops and they have to basically fight for everything they get. Where on the other side of the world is basically it's the land of plenty and vice. So basically you've got a lot of you've got a lot of boozing, whoring, and a lot of things you can sell and buy. Um, and it's basically divided. And basically this is what's keeping the world kind of in its place. And this whole premise is about they want to find a way to get across uh, both sides. One wants to invade, one wants to take things from there. And the premise is it's, very few people have survived, and it's all about getting across. And there's potentially a type of Grisha called a sun uh, a sun caster, essentially, who can basically divide the darkness and kill the creatures of the darkness to pass through. And that's kind of where this goes. The, the, the first episode is really good. It sets it up, basically. There's people on the one side who want to get across. They're kind of like the grifters, the owner of this place. They, they know somebody that knows a way to get across. The other army is trying to get across, and as they do, uh, one of these sun casters actually happens to be a map maker uh, that is brought along this voyage. And when they get attacked by these creatures, she uh, her powers come out. And that's what that's what happens. So essentially, this is going to be she has now become the most valuable person in the world. Um, and this is where it's going to go. You kind of see it in both sides are telling both sides of the story, which is very cool. I like this. It's very the values are very well done. Um, Netflix put a ton of money behind this. And a lot of people are passionate about this book series. I really like it. So I'm going to watch more. And it's really fun. The first episode went really quick. So it's about an hour long each. But I believe there are 10 episodes so if you like that kind of take where um, it's a little bit of, you know, not like old, old fantasy, but it's a little mix of, you know, uh, not so modern times, but with um, a mix of uh, fantasy and, and, and vice, I think you'll enjoy it. So check out Shadow and Bone. It debuted April 23rd. Nice. Cool. Good deal. Uh, Todd, we can uh, always list? count the, ho- oh. the hottest of hot takes. We get those from Todd. Yes. <laughs> What'd you say, Avery? It is definitely on my watch list. Uh, I love those kind of things. We we watched all of the Golden Compass uh, or his Dark Materials. Loved that. So I, I'm a big fan of these uh, dramatic set piece fantasy shows. I'm just happy now they have a budget to actually tell this the stories well, and they have good writing too. Back in the day, you got Hercules' legendary voyages or journeys <laughs> or whatever, and Xena, warrior princess. So we've moved oh, on. Thank. Goodness to Set Game in of Thrones. Somebody's backyard in Brisbane. A- absolutely. Oh, we're filming in New Zealand again. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like that one park in L. That that one park in L. A. That is always any community park. You've absolutely. seen it in ten thousand different or Vasquez Rocks uh, from the original Star Trek. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah, a, yeah. Everything fills in for uh, fantastical places. Oh, well, right. well, that is it for the Geek Easy. But now it's time for us to traverse and make a voyage through the fold to get to the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, it's a very special episode. Uh, that is for Mortal Kombat uh, 2021. Not to be confused with Mortal Kombat 1996. 
six, five, five, somewhere around there. Yeah. Or Annihilation, the the crap fest that was that. Um, This is on HBO Max uh, and in theater. Um, And this will be a spoiler cast, folks. So if you've not seen this yet, uh, check out HBO Max or see it in the theater because now the theaters are opening up. Uh, But just a little bit about this. uh, This was uh, made for a budget of fifty five million dollars. And actually, this now is made, uh, I believe, across the board, 60 million dollars at the box office. So uh, quite honestly, this is made up what it's made, plus whatever it brought in for HBO Max. Um, So that's pretty cool. Made twenty two point five million dollars domestically, which. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but in the, you know, considering the time of COVID, that's not half bad. I think it's probably the number two COVID opening film uh, in 2021. Uh this will be uh, – I'll give you the synopsis. It's MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Directed by Simon McQuaid – McQuad? McQuaid, maybe. Uh, produced by James Wan, starring a bunch of people. Nobody knows who they are unless you are big into Asian cinema. Uh, so, folks, uh, we are going to get into this, um, and we're going to give our pros and our cons, and then we will give our final review. So just a little forward on this. Um, Charlie's not a video gamer, of course, but I am. And I remember going to Lapeer Lane's bowling alley, <laughs> playing Mortal Kombat against Gabe Vargo. We had so much fun. I remember when this came to the um, the consoles at home. Uh, f- the funny part was Mortal Monday. I remember at Michigan State, Charlie, when this launched in the consoles, um, they had the big commercials for it. People were shouting Mortal Kombat very loudly in the quad, you know, at Hubbard Hall. Um, and then um, the, uh, the Super Nintendo version, instead of Red Blood, had Green Blood. And this was very famous for being on, you know, at, at the Senate hearings for violence and everything like that. So oh, Mortal Kombat. Terrific. Moral comments a phenomenon it goes back to like the early 90s. Like I said, this been, thing's been around a long time, had movies, two movies earlier. One kind of did a decent job for the time. Christopher Lambert being Raiden. A lot of other people you didn't know. Then uh, the second was horrible. They had comic. They had comic books, obviously, the action figures. They had, um, oh, God, um, a cartoon series even and so many other things. And I think they even had a uh, somebody made like this fan project to make bring Moral Comet back. And that kind of gave them the interest to make a movie out of this. But the video game series has just continued to flourish. And I'm a big fan of this series. So um, that's where I'm coming from. So I have a little bit of nostalgia. So I'm going to be a little bit of a rose colored glasses, whereas Charlie won't. Uh, but Avery, do you have any rose colored glasses or is this kind of like eh, not for me? You know, uh, it you can certainly say about Mortal Kombat 2021 that it was a motion picture. Thankfully, that is a true <laughs> statement that you can make about that movie. I, you know, I didn't, I, I, I had no strong feelings going into this either way. Uh, I, I specifically watched it for the for the purpose of this. Uh, I don't know that I would have watched it otherwise uh, because I didn't really. Mortal Kombat has never been a series that has uh, appealed to me. I'm not a fighter games person when it comes to games, and so therefore I'm not interested in Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've played all of ten minutes of Mortal Kombat on Google Stadia because I. I got a code for it for free during a streamer's stream of it playing together with the streamer online. So that's the whole, the whole of the whole for me. Uh, but the gate, the, the movie was fine. It was, it was fine. 
it was it wasn't amazing. It had its cute little cutesy moments. Um, I I took I took uh, I took some notes on this. This is how utterly prepared I am for our podcast today. And I took some notes on this. And the very first note that I took, I don't know if you guys have ever sensed this before, but back in the maybe the two thousands, you know, late nineties and the two thousands, did you ever get the feeling watching a movie that they were designing certain pieces of this movie to be re- replicable in a motion simulator? ride at six flags or dollywood or disney or universal like dollywood (laughs) like like just when they open the doors to the temple and they come into this big set because i'm like i'm like this is like clearly this is set up so that if universal ever buys this out from underneath them they can create a mortal Kombat temple fight ride and you can go and tour the whatever like or or a mortal Kombat fight show or i that i'd that'd be a little bit too grown up for the kids but yeah i just it it just it was fine it was you know the the number one question i had was who are these people and why do we care mm, very and good. i don't think they ever answered any of that I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. So your pro is it was a movie. Yeah, you know, it was fun. I will certainly say it was fun. As a person who is familiar with the games, the whole, you know, Fatality and Jax wins and like all those little cheeky little nods to the game the sweep the leg johnny that that you know the guy was doing was a was a, a throwback to the fact that the uh you could you could kind of just screw people over at the game by constantly doing leg sweeps. That's true. Um, I did that. So there was, you know, they had the cute little moments, um, but it wasn't really, it, it, had I paid for that movie, I would have enjoyed the popcorn. Like that's, that's (laughs) one of those films. And I paid for the movie in the theater. My favorite part of it would have been the popcorn. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Charlie, did you have similar feelings? So blessed not to be alone because this was my fear. You're like, you got two video game guys coming in to talk about a video game movie. I thought I was going to be under the table sucking my thumb. Like, when is this over? Um, I, I, I had, no, I, I have nothing to, I, I really don't feel like I have a lot of value to add. Uh, it, uh, it had no story. Uh, it had no surprises. It had no mystique. Uh, it was uh, Todd. It was awful. Uh, the wife and I watched it this afternoon because I was gone. I was gone doing this toy show over the weekend. I got home about noon, and I'm like, "Honey, I got to put this piece of shit on. You don't have to watch it with me. Uh, I'm not, you know, extra stuck me with this." She says, "No, you know, I saw some people on my feed who saw it, so I feel like I gotta." And we got done with this, and we're like, uh, "I said I would have been miserable." if we went to the movie theater to watch this, cause I <laughs> would have been able to escape. I mean, I, I respect, um, you, you say nostalgia covered glasses. It's what got uh, us through the worst of the, uh, star Wars sequel films and the prequel films. And, uh, certainly any really horrible continuation, like the second independence day movie or, any of the following Rambo movies that have come out in the last 10 years. I get it. There is an audience for everything, but I think the built in really having a strong feeling and, and having those uh, touchstones and things like that, that you were talking about, Todd, to playing it at the bowling alley and, you know, yelling at having the mortal Kombat yelling at the, 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 the quad over by Hubbard hall there on good old the Michigan state campus. I gotcha. But for me, 
nothing like I'd heard sub zero and whatever. And like that part of it, but it was just like, and you're right. I noticed an actor here, like the, the, uh, the African-American guy was also Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl and, uh, the, wait, was it was him? Yeah, McCad Brooks. Yeah, that was him. Really? Oh God, yeah. I didn't even recognize I, I, him. This is this is why I have my laptop. That's what the movie did to him. And IMDb comes. Yeah, exactly. Lost his damn arms. And then also the uh, the dude who was very good with calculations from The Dark Knight was another one of the characters. I couldn't tell you which one, but I had to look it up. <laughs> well, thank you uh, for that. No, I'm not going to know welcome. who he is. No, yes. I, you're you're going to have to look it up. But yeah, I I derived. Zero enjoyment from this film, Todd. I cannot lie to you. Um, but, but... Well, I, I will ask you something. Did you at least enjoy the fight scenes? Because I think they did a really good job with some of the fight scenes. I thought the action was pretty well done. You didn't see people flail around. You didn't. You kind of believe that these people are actually. It didn't. It didn't look too side scroller where it was like where yeah, it, it looked look like CG somebody was when they're actually fighting. smashing the buttons. There were there when he was fighting the 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 the, the green monster that that yeah, I mean, that, the, the that, Hulk, that Hulk, defi- Hulk face with extra arms. Yeah, that was very Scorpion King. Uh, to me. Excuse me, that is uh, Goro. That is Goro, but the face they used was absolutely Hulk from the Avengers. Oh, like or Hulk, like almost dead or on. Like Hulk from Eric Bana Hulk, if you want to talk about shitty Hulk. <laughs> yeah, so, probably that one. Yeah, from yeah, the Universal. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the O the, the three Hulk movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, Todd, I, I hear you. Uh and I would love to tell you I, I derive some kind of like, oh, that was well done, but I, I Well, you're not a big fan of like like for choreography that's not like when if you're like i i really enjoy that type of thing so i get that i mean if it's not something where it stood out to you as something that was I, well, no you know what i i i not necessarily like the the uh the fight scene between um bucky and falcon and john walker in episode five of falcon winter soldier awesome i love it all the flips and shit and watch that i enjoy i enjoy flight fight choreography that that i feel like could look quasi real in life but not when you got like well, you not, said, you know, like so i say that i guess like more martial arts so like a movie like crouching tiger hidden dragon something like that, that you're right that it was like because that's exactly what this is it's not realistic like all you know some of those blows so i i, I just in that instance yeah I, I could see where it wouldn't you know be your your cup of tea right and like i the, said i i always have respect for people that enjoy things i don't want to be one of those kind of well, like, sure yeah. It sucked, blah, 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 because, you know, Todd, you know that what is at the top of my list of pet, pet peeves, militant fanboys and people who say, think what I think or you're a moron. Absolutely. Yeah, I won't, absolutely. I won't, wrong, I won't do it. It's okay. Gotcha. What's that? That's, yes. I mean, you're, you're wrong about that, but it's fine. I'll let you, I'll let that. Absolutely. So the only reason I bring it up because like as someone who does enjoy, it, I thought, I thought that was good. So if you, if that's something that isn't true, you're like, it did, that would not be something that would be a positive. But for me, that was definitely a positive because I thought, and I will say, I, you know, I think the opening sequence was fantastic. You know, that felt like a different movie, though. Like, you know, the first eight minutes. Right. The, was, oh, you're talking about the, the in the village with the, yeah, the dad and the, and the baby yeah. and the son. And yeah, you know, I got, you're right. Absolutely. That didn't seem quite so fantastical. And boy, you're right. That right from the jump, I'm like, uh, and I don't know necessarily, the, my only experience with, the films from the nineties that you mentioned was listen, listening to the caravan of garbage on the weekly planet for the last couple of weeks where they cut those movies up. And I thought, Oh, they sounded fairly, you know, germane. And for the time, like in this movie right away, there's blood and guts. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Whoa, don't be sitting down. Like 
Todd, I, I know you don't sit down with Logan and watch this kind of stuff, so I'm sure that you... No, we watch it with Logan. Oh, okay. I just... Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, like, he's 15. I mean... Well, I yeah. know, but the way you talk so, about it, it sounds like you you tiptoe around, you know, bad well, lines you know, and stuff. Well, watching an or, you know, or, you know, it, it's, it's, it's getting to the point. It's like this. You know, he's, he's old enough where he can watch this stuff. But, yeah. No, it's like, I, I, oh, I, I, I love watching people. And there, I mean, God almighty, there was so many F-bombs. I mean, and, <laughs> and this way I'm like, okay, I guess we're they, going... They going leaned... In. They leaned hard. hard into the hard R uh, of this movie, which was understandable. I, I will say the one, uh, if I had to find a redeeming feature in this movie, it's the one that I don't think most people would uh, necessarily agree is redeeming. And I think it was the character of Kano. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he was an irredeemable, unapologetic oh. bastard yep. from moment one to moment end, uh, who, who there was absolutely no moment of his character where you expected there to be a redemption arc where you were waiting for the positive, where he's going to sacrifice himself. No, he was a bastard in the first second you saw him, and he was a bastard in the last second you saw him. And, and he embraced that, it. And he embraced it. And we do not get those characters. You no. do not have every any movie that's going to have to have some kind of redemption story to it has got to take that character and prove that he was he's got a heart of gold on the inside. No, this guy's heart was pure, unadulterated dick. And it was that through the entire, through the entire he movie. He was a dickheart. You got it. Absolutely. He was great, though. I, 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 and that's where I think this movie, in a way, it knew what it was. And it wasn't trying to be any. I mean, you've got the source material of Murakami. Okay. I play the video games. I really like the video games. The story's entertaining, but it's not great. I, I, I embrace it for what it is. Nobody and, needs it. Nobody no. needs a story behind why Melina has her teeth like that. Like, absolutely. No, you're just fighting each other, punch each other and stab each other. And then fatality. Or why did that one dude all of a sudden show up who I know who he is? Uh, Cabal. I mean, he just like, dude, are you from like the road warrior? If I was like you guys, if I was like not from, I'm like, what the hell just happened? This is yeah, like over the who top are these ridiculousness. People? Who are these people and why do we care? That exactly. is, the, that is the two questions that they never bothered to answer the no. entire time. There, oh, there's going to be a tournament, and and Shang Tsung wants to take over. And there was never Earthworld. a tournament. Okay, is that a problem that he wants to take over Earthworld? Why is that a problem? Is he going to kill everybody? Is like, has there an issue here? This has been going on for centuries, and yet nobody seems to know about it until just right now. This one random woman living in a trailer park in some That's unknown location because they our, never our actually sent the a story park. anywhere. Yep. Yeah. Like it was like, no, who are these people? Why do we care? They never bother to answer either of them. And if that's what, Hey, that's probably fine. Maybe it's Snyder cut all over again, where there are these oh, massive yeah, maybe there's material on the ground, you know, left on the floor. I would love to see uh, what is, the, wait, the, the, what the Snyder cut of Mortal Kombat. Simon, Simon McQuaid's the Mortal Kombat cut. Uh, I, I have to read this, but because it, it was interesting to me, uh, this is his entry on, on Wikipedia. I'm going to read his entire entry start to finish. Are you ready? Simon McCoy, born April 23rd, 1984. So he's 37, uh, is an Australian filmmaker best known for directing the 2021 reboot of Mortal Kombat. McCoy was also known for his background in directing commercials. That's it. Makes sense. That's his Makes entire Wikipedia article. Makes sense. He's accomplished. His his IMDb has nothing on it other than Mortal Kombat and a video short from 2014 called The Nighttime Economy. Fantastic. Wow. I love this. Yeah. So like what I said, a, what a pedigree. Yeah. My my pros are the the opening sequence I thought was fantastic, but it had nothing to do with the rest of the film, except you were going to eventually see those two beat the crap out of each other in the future. 
there was uh, yeah this this movie had plot holes wasn't well scripted acting why did the dude have ice powers why like no yeah why why did he have to kill the family we don't know um yeah all of a sudden minutes of that first nine minutes and that's going to be a really kick-ass historical action absolutely like that would have been phenomenal give me like 90 minutes of sonya and jacks going after kano in the jungle maybe but i don't care about mma fighter dude uh he's not even from the movies uh i kept thinking the entire time or from the games i kept thinking the entire time he's gonna turn out to be johnny cage but he wasn't haha they set up for a sequel yeah we got that we got that little uh little spoiler of johnny cage is gonna be the next one and yeah i yeah i i I can't defend this film at all what i can say was uh, there was some guilty pleasures and some of the lines but ultimately I was disappointed because I really what I saw in the trailer, I'm like, wow, they're really going to dig deep in some of this action. And largely we got a little bit of action and then a lot of just nothing really interesting happening with nothing with no sensical plot and no tournament even. That's the reason you got to bring them together. And apparently the outworld, because they've lost nine in a row, they they had to cheat again uh, <laughs> and just not have a tournament anymore. So, yeah, it kind of went. Yeah, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. And I don't know. I mean, it's this is done well. And I hope they learn from it. They do something different. But yeah, I I I did like a couple of the fight scenes, but of the rest of it, I'll, I'll I'll take the seven first seven minutes of the movie, and some of the the cheesiness and some of the the geeky things. But ultimately, this is not a good movie. So yeah, um yeah, I, I'm not a fool. This is Charlie. This is bad dumb fun. Not dumb fun. Bad dumb fun. Todd, so there's, there's I a can, scale. I can say affirmatively this is growth for you because I my fear was you were gonna come on, you were gonna try to you were gonna try to sell me some oceanfront property in Kansas City, Missouri. And y- you know what? You came at this with some honesty. I'm proud of you. I think this is growth for you. You were able to realize that this is garbage. I'm 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 I love you. I'm proud of you. Hey, what can I say? Uh, uh, it is what it is, and it embraced it. But it even amazed me at like, wow, you guys really didn't even try hard. Oh you well, guys, I'm, can you, can guys, you, can I, you guys took it to a special place. Yeah, James Wan produced. Can I give you my last it? note? Oh yeah, I had yeah. I had I had one more note on this, and it was Captain America hat. That was my last note on this. Captain America hat. Captain America hat. He's just. It was the shield from Captain America. Oh, but it was the, oh, Kung Lao's hat? Yeah. Yes. Oh, where he was yeah, whipping it around. And he then was, also a buzzsaw right in the I, middle I, of it for no oh, reason. Oh, yeah, that's like a that's like a, a, a right-on spot-on fatality, but, man, even that was a little too much for me. That chick getting cut in half. Ooh, I don't even know who that chick was. She does not remind right, again, me of the iconic who character. Are these yeah, there's so many other characters they could have picked. Oh, well, what can I say? Well, we survived this gentleman. But lastly, let's get your, your scores. Um, I, I assume we're not going to have to use the upper tier of 10, uh, but uh, 1 out of 10. Flat, uh, flat, point five. No, zero. So wait, wait not even sub, with like wait. the opening sequence. Sub zero. No points for that. Sub zero, oh, negative one. Boo. <laughs> I boo. All right, moving on. No, Todd. I'm sorry. No. Okay, I'll give it a point five for the opening sequence. Very good. Very good, Avery. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one in the three camp. It could have been worse, and I have seen worse, uh, but it didn't have much room to be worse. Gotcha. I'm going to give this four out of ten. I think it's the original movie 
even though it's badly dated, I think for the time kind of stood out compared to what it could have been. This movie is better than Annihilation, though. So it is like worse than the original Mortal Kombat, but better than Annihilation, which isn't a big range. So I would say this is a four. And the only reason I'm getting a four is for fan service and the opening credit sequence or the opening seven minutes. I so will say that that was this whole movie was just how can we cram every possible Mortal Kombat reference into this? Because we're probably not going to get another chance. But adding right. so much extra crap that didn't make any sense. Uh, like, I mean, that's all you got is these four gumps to fight? Man. <laughs> four gumps. Oh. Four, oh like, gumps like Forrest Gump. Oh, exactly. my God. Yeah, yeah. life was like a box of chocolates. You never know where you're going to get a beating heart. Uh, uh, like, that's literally that's I, literally in the movie. He exactly. referenced Forrest Gump. Ooh. Exactly. Yes. That's I'm going to swing and a miss. 4.5, because I loved Kano. He was so dumb. He was so awesome, though. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. That's, that's, that's two out of my three. Is he, was, he, he was your dumb fun. He absolutely was. And he loved it. And I would love, you know, somebody said he would make a great Wolverine. I'm like, you know what? I don't think he, I don't, I don't think I, I, I mean, I definitely see that he could definitely play Wolverine. So there and you go. And you know what? Hilarious because with the Australian accent. Do you remember in Spider-Man is Amazing Friends that that's Wolverine true. had an Australian accent in absolutely. the one episode he was in? And pride of the X-Men as well. He had an oh Australian accent. Oh, my God. So, Ab- yes. Absolutely absurd. Oh, is that how absurd. Canadians talk? Do they speak with an Australian accent? We just Could be. Why, why not? Yeah, yeah let's do that. Let, let's get him to pray. Well, he likes the Weekly Planet, the Australian Podcast Network, as much as I do. So maybe so. Oh, well, we shall see. Oh, well, that is the show, folks. Hopefully you had a good time. Hopefully you uh, didn't get fatalityed in our review of Mortal Kombat. Uh, it but- was a friendship all along. Oh, a ballad uh, and animals. There are so many different alities you can have. Uh, but that is it. This is a finality to the show. And with that, Avery, thank you for being on. But tell people where they can check out your stuff. Absolutely. If you want to know more about the, the, the nerd world that is me, you can find me on Twitter at Charm City A because I live in Charm City and my first initial is A. You can also find me uh, weekly on the Gaming Source Network GSN Roundtable at Gaming Source Net on Twitter uh, or gaming uh, YouTube.com slash Gaming Source Network, where Mr. Todd Oxtra has previously guest starred uh, on the network and will be seen again with Mark the Canardian from Co-op Mode Podcast. Uh, and episode number two of a brand new show that is debuting on May 1st called Best Game of All Time, where we pit two games against each other in the court, in the First Circuit Court of the Gaming Source Network with Judge Avery presiding. Uh, episode one comes out on May 1st. That is Best Walking Simulator. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch versus Death Stranding. Episode two is uh, Todd versus Mark in Best Multiplayer Mechanism. So it's going to be a very good show. You'll you will never believe where we landed on the verdict. Uh, and you will ch- want to check that out at Best Game Pod on Twitter. Or YouTube.com slash Gaming Source Network uh, when that goes live. Folks, if you have any questions about the world of streaming uh, content and games, uh, check out Avery. He does some awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. I suppose I should mention Gaming Gaming Source Network is is the umbrella uh, organization of the Stadia Source and GeForce Now Source websites. Uh, So we are all about cloud game streaming. So if you want to know anything about Stadia uh, or GeForce Now, we are your your, uh, folks to see on that. 
Absolutely. So awesome, Avery. I'm glad your nerd car, your nerd card has been secured. You are a secret friend for life. So thank you for being on. I have friendship. I have no idea what's going on, all this video game talk, but I digest. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. We are, as mentioned, uh, a burgeoning uh, network of podcasts under the umbrella of the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. You're, of course, listening to the original recipe, SFU, uh, talking about geek culture every Friday. Co-op mode, bi-weekly on a Wednesday. That would be Todd and our Canadian friend to the north, Mark Carabin, talking about video games. Uh, Every Monday you'll hear myself and friends Aaron and Rich talking about Star Trek on the Code 47 podcast. And on Opposing Wednesdays, Mark the Canardian and I team up to talk about Star Wars in the, uh, according to Todd, unfortunately named Holocron Chronicles. Uh, You can find us, of course, on any podcasting service of your choice. Our show is also mirrored over on YouTube, thanks to the efforts of producer extraordinaire Todd. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. really does help out the show and gets the visibility out there. Of course, you can find us over on Twitter, at Secret Friends You. Drop us a line, something that you're enjoying, uh, thought about the show, a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss on any of the programs, uh, and we will gladly do so. We're always looking uh, for love over on Twitter. We've got a great merchandise store over at TeePublic. Uh, Todd was already talking about uh, the inventiveness of hot pants. Let's hope. I'd love to see hats. But in the meantime, uh, they do have uh, tees, raglan tees, long sleeve, kid stuff, stickers, notebooks, wall art, you name it. Uh, proceeds from the store do go back to directly uh, benefit uh, our network and the effort to bring you new and exciting stuff. So pop on there. They do regular sales, so keep your eyes peeled. Uh, when there is a sale window, we will definitely let you know, but we uh, would love uh, your support and to have you get out there and promote your favorite SFU program on your body. Uh, and that being said, I'm going to thank you one more time for joining us uh, and to remind you that uh, sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Mortal Kombat! Choose your destiny.